5: the pregame show America has always wanted. i the future. i the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
7: That's right. I'm R.J. live from Las Vegas on over 200 FSR stations across this great nation. You heard it in the news NFL, big, big changes, really. And some of this stuff is shocking, shocking. NBA's back tonight. And two best bets, two best bets at the end of the show. Remember, 46 after, that's when the last segment starts, 646. We have six best bets each week at that time. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm a pro, it's true. But... You can't have pros without Joes. He just did three hours. He's going to do one more. Jonas Knox.
3: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some news out of the NFL, the second half of the NBA season gets underway and multiple best bets at the end. What is the Vegas lead?
7: I think it's got to be the NFL. And this uh, specifically, the idea of the extra game and the different things we'll talk about. First, though, let me ask you, was the three hours a dress rehearsal? Are we going to get like the distillation of the best?
3: Oh, you clearly uh, it's the undercard. Oh, I mean, okay. You know, it's that, a, the late arriving crowd and now everybody's here and it's all packed in. It's like the undercard of the Wilder Fury fight. I mean, for the first couple hours it's sort of sparse in the crowd and then things start to fill up when the celebrities show up. So in a way, we're Zeppelin, is yes. what you're saying. I don't <laughs> know who's good. opening, but we're yeah. Zeppelin. Yeah, we are Zeppelin. Alright, uh, baby, let's do it. Let's do it. And the NFL and the owners in the National Football League, they've accepted the negotiated terms on a proposed CBA. This will be discussed by the players, whether or not they will agree to it but amongst these new changes in the CBA, the proposal includes seven teams to now make the playoffs from each conference, one team getting a bye, the other six battling it out to take on and advance to the next round, and then also an extra regular season game. So, what was a
7: 16 game regular season now becomes 17. First off, I hate the idea of one bye because to me, when you have a dominant team, like to me, one of the fun things about the teams that are clearly in the playoffs is fighting for those now two buys. And sometimes you have a team that's just having a monster year. And if they are running away with it, I think there's going to be a lot more uh, meaningless games late in the year. Think about it. If one team's uh, 14 and one and you get that now and again, And then there's a – after that, you got teams that have won their division, let's say, or pretty much locked it up. What are they playing for? It could be two, three weeks. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Jonas, that thinking back to last season in the NFL or the season before, when we're in the last couple weeks and we're trying to decide do these games matter, so often it's about the buy that the games matter.
3: Yeah, and I – I would disagree, though, that I think having one team get a bye week makes the last couple of weeks of the regular season that much more intense if they're close because, you know, Baltimore rested players because, you know, they had a bye and, and they were good to go. And Kansas City slipped in the back door on the bye week because New England lost to, to Miami but, and Kansas but, City got But that rolling.
7: Baltimore yeah, – I'm sorry to interrupt, but Baltimore was a perfect example, right? They had the one locked up for weeks. Effectively, and then statistically, soon enough. And we were there was the New England, Kansas City, Houston battle for the second one. If
3: if there's a team that's running away with it, yes, it does make those last final weeks not really mean that much more when it comes to trying to get a bye week. But I like the idea of rewarding a team who does have that fantastic year with a major advantage over everybody
7: else. But they get the advantage where if it goes the way it's supposed to, they get the home game in the championship game. That is a major advantage this year in the NFC, San Fran. Was in a good spot if I'm recalling now, and then the battle was for number two again with with New Orleans and Green Bay, Seattle. Huh. It's interesting. In general, it feels like any division winner except the worst are still in it for the number two slot. Uh, you know, coming up towards the last week. So I don't like that. Um, number two. I can't even envision how these like how is uh, Mahomes going to sit out? I, I mean, is this a situation where, with the best players, they just wait till the very end of the season, hoping that they have a game that doesn't matter, or hoping not hoping, but in case they get injured, uh, it feels like they would never sit a good player these teams until late, late in the year.
3: Yeah, and because and and until they know for sure that it's completely out of reach and so i guess if you're if you're one of these people that really wants to see all the stars play and forget about health and all that stuff then i guess that would sort of lead to it because teams need to make sure that they are positioned well because look if you're a 2 seed still same rules are going to apply and the 1 seed loses in the next round which is possible i mean it's not it's not a, a foregone conclusion having a bye week just automatically grants you access especially with more wildcard teams to to compete against i still think teams are going to play really really hard to the end to try and
7: better position their chances yeah no doubt but uh, crack me if i'm wrong and i'm almost certain on this is the theory is that like let's use mahomes as an example at a certain point andy Reid would make a decision this is the game you're setting
3: during the regular season yes um yeah, I guess if there was, it would depend on where they were in the standings.
7: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, this isn't something where there's a random drawing where it's like Mahomes is sitting week three. The coach decides when these players have to sit the one game, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, a coach's call. All right, so what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm thinking is, is because a lot, you know, most players get hurt at least to miss one game. I think in a year, or at least half, I would say, mm-hmm. miss one game, right? So in a weird way, it'd be stupid to sit anyone good until you saw if they were able to get through the season without being injured. And then if you're a good team, there's a chance you're going to have games late in the year that don't mean very much, as we just you know talked about. Maybe it's not any more than before. I think it might be, but it's still a lot of games aren't that important, so why not sit Mahomes then, And if you're a team that's not supposed to make the playoffs, you're going to wait till you're eliminated. So in a weird way, if these teams play this right, the games the teams aren't really motivated for anyway are the teams that will be missing all the star players. So those games are going to be disasters in a way, but it's kind of good that they're doubling up in a way with the the one game to sit the players, and it's in theory a game that doesn't matter anyway. Does that— Makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I'm also wondering, and
3: and just in thinking about this and thinking out loud, how much does this improve the chances of one team getting a bye over the number one seed in other years getting to the playoffs? Because now you're also adding in an extra playoff team. So would you say that it improves their chances immensely from years past? Or is there still the danger because they're playing and uh, there's an extra team added in?
7: Well, you're saying it, it, the team that does get the bye. Yeah, the team that gets the uh, yeah, buy. I think they have a big advantage because it doesn't matter how many other teams there are; they only got to win three games. Yeah, Right? effectively, and in a weird way, having a the a team that wouldn't have made it in the prior year in the mix means there's a chance that team wins. And then the 1C would get that team. So in a weird way, some years, the 1C not only are going to get a bye, they're going to play a team in the second round that wouldn't even have made the playoffs in past years. So one looks like a humongous edge.
3: Yeah, and it feels like this is more placating to the fan bases who are always on the fringe, uh, fan bases who may not normally get to the postseason. You know, last year, your Steelers would have been the seventh seed, would, would have gotten into the postseason, and considering what they went through, it's, it's a great story to have that team in. I, I like the extra team. Um, I'm just curious to see how it plays out, to your point, down the stretch, in the season, positioning-wise, Depending on who's sitting where, with how many weeks to go.
7: That's Jonas Knox. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. I always like to have at least one '70s sitcom reference a week. And here it comes. Taxi. A lot of people have seen Taxi. Danny DeVito played a, a pretty devious character. And at one point, there was a rich character, and the dad of the rich character said, "Danny, or whatever his name was on the show." We're going to pay you X amount per year to to watch out for our boy. How much do you think it's worth? And the next scene, Danny DeVito was sitting there going, There's a number. It's not too high. It's not too low. He was trying to find that sweet, sweet number. He could maximize his money. This is what I think the NFL is doing. Every chance they get, let's add some more Thursday games. Let's add some more Saturday games. Let's have some more London games. And wasn't the narrative, Jonas, for a long time that the reason the NFL mattered so much the regular season, because there was scarcity of games? Yeah, less is more. And we've seen it with the College Bowls, obviously, where it's it, they've expanded into irrelevance. And you, I don't know if we've reached a tipping point, but let me ask you, does it feel like more NFL is starting to be overkill, diminishing returns, or are you still excited about another week? I'm still
3: going to watch, but I would prefer 16 games. I like what the NFL and college football has that other sports don't. I like the fact that it's appointment television. I like the fact that it's a limited number of games. I'm not a fan of the college football playoff expansion. I like it being at four teams. Um, I just, I, I I don't like this extra week added on. I don't know compensation wise what it's going to do uh, for the players and if they end up benefiting from it good for them and i'm still going to watch it as of right now i'm sour on it i don't like it
7: another reason i don't like it is since 1978 there's been 16 games so there's a continuity of 16 and 0 there's a continuity of, you know, comparing 13-3, and three, winning seasons, all, all that.
3: It's all I've known.
7: It's all it, a lot of people have known. And, and to me, I get the idea that, hey, there used to be 14. There used to be 12. Now, obviously, at some point, it's got to stop. Uh, but usually, it doesn't stop till they feel the pain, right? And what sport wouldn't be better with less regular season games? Uh, to me, the NFL at 16 wasn't that sport. But the, if you were the czar, as Bill Simmons would say, of sports, I'm guessing the NBA wouldn't be playing 82. No. No, they would not. And baseball wouldn't be playing 162. No. No. So, I mean, I don't know about hockey. They'd be playing about 10 if I had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, hey, I get a lot of hockey fans. Just you're, you're, your Golden Knights, come on, man. They just made uh, another big trade. That's true. I mean, listen, Vegas loves the Golden Knights. I don't. <laughs> The desert and hockey, I don't get it. But it just feels like the NFL is going to keep going until they've got too many games. I'd much rather the same games and more games on TV, yeah. you know, because that's a choice. I agree. Right. And I do think this gets a little convoluted. The idea of sitting some I mean, I've never seen that in any. I mean, Little League, you can only pitch so many innings. Right. But what else is there that you literally a healthy player is forced to sit. I mean, you remember when boxing used to be 15 rounds? Well, yeah, and they but,
3: realized yeah, maybe this isn't a smart idea and they reduced it to 12 in a lot of fights.
7: Though, well in all fights it's not allowed, well all championship fights are not yeah, allowed going over 12. Yeah, there's,
3: there's 10 rounders on the lower levels yeah, there's yeah. 4
7: rounders, things like that. But they used to, you know what's fascinating? If you go back in time and look at the greatest fights in history a lot of them if they would have stopped after 12, would have had a different winner than when it went 15. They used to call those the championship rounds. Now, obviously, health, major concern, and boxing. Last thing for me on this, I'm shocked. And I, I don't follow the union stuff closely. I'm shocked that a year ahead of time, this deal might get done. And I think what we finally have seen is there's so much money to split up. That they don't that they're not gonna haggle over the last pennies and screw this thing up because in every other year it was either a strike or threats of a strike and contention right yeah I mean this is the first time I can remember that it would have been it would get done so early and I think it's because there's so much money now if they miss even six game you know miss a part of a season it's it's not worth it to anyone whatever you might win in the negotiation and thus, the prosperity of the NFL is giving us labor If peace. you go back a couple of years ago, players were talking, threatening,
3: oh, when the next CBA comes around, you watch and see what happens because they were so bothered by, the, by what they agreed to and they felt like they were getting screwed. And here we are a couple of years later, gambling influence, network TV influence, and all of a sudden people have changed their tune.
7: And streaming, who knows, yes. you know, Amazon, Twitter. So, listen, NFL, I'm happy if they – avoid any kind of labor contention and obviously even if it doesn't go to a strike it's a distraction from the enjoyment of the game i'm gonna sit and think about the 17 first instinct i think you say no i say no well jonas you're skeptical that's what i do i I mean mean... you're the you're the show skeptic and you do it very well (laughs) so when we come back we've got a couple of things one Odds on the big boxing. This could be the biggest fight of the year. I think it probably is here in Vegas. And number two, I think there's one division that is more competitive in the NFL than anyone realizes and probably the most competitive division in the NFL.
3: That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Right out of Vegas!
5: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I know it'll take you a minute to down that two-liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA.
6: in most eligible states, age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up to date list of states, visit DKNG.co slash six States. Void where prohibited. See terms at pixics.draftKings.com slash promos. Does the craziness of everyday
0: life leave you stressed? Do you notice you're losing a little bit of hair? You're shedding a little bit? Well, if you're noticing a little less hair on your head and you're checking your hairline all the time
2: I'm R.J. Bell. We are
7: straight out of Vegas.
3: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan, coming up here in just a couple of moments. We might have ourselves the tightest race anywhere in the NFL, and it belongs in the NFC.
7: Yes, and man, the competitiveness in this division and the things are doing, Jonas, very interesting. Great day to join us. You're listening to the Fastest Grown Show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience is up over double in the last year. You're the thanks. Thank you. You can listen five days a week on those FSR stations across the country. Also, iHeartRadio app, FoxSportsRadio.com, SiriusXM, and anytime on podcast, just search for RJ Bell. Right now on the strip, it is 65 degrees, and the neon is chugging.
3: So, RJ, the last two years, the NFC has been represented in the Super Bowl from one division. That division is the NFC West. It was the 49ers just a month ago. It was the L.A. Rams last year, and that division is looking like it's going to be a tight one again coming up this next season.
7: Yeah, and the guy, everyone knows it. So let's think about this. The case could be made that San Francisco has the best roster in the NFL. Would yes. you agree that's reasonable? Agree. So right there you got one of the best teams that's young and in theory just getting better. A great coach with the 49ers with Shanahan. You know, Fezic would say a great quarterback, yes. but reasonable people? No, no, no. By the way, we got a bet, a best bet from Fezic at the end of the show during the 46 6:46 time. And it's his second future bet, first one in the NBA in memory. So, literally, we had the college basketball on Kentucky 20-1 to 1 he gave yesterday. And we've got another one rare for Fezik to do futures, another one, this one in the NBA during the 646 segment. Okay. Arizona Cardinals. I would say for a fourth team in a division, and I think clearly they're the fourth team, man, oh, man. Right. You got a coach with a plan, Kingsbury. I'm still pessimistic, but you got a quarterback, number one in the entire draft, who trended way up. Fezzik has like in his top 20. He has a, he literally has Kyler Murray ranked above Tom Brady for next season. So Arizona may be the best fourth team in any division. What do you think?
3: Yeah, no, they're really good. I think they were a lot better than than people realize. I think Kyler Murray was, was much better, especially down the stretch last season. There were people outraged that he got Rookie of the Year over Josh Jacobs. I didn't understand that. Uh, I thought Josh Jacobs fell off towards the end, but I do like Arizona. And Larry Fitzgerald wouldn't just come back for another season at this stage of his career unless he didn't also buy into what was happening.
7: Oh, that's an interesting point. Now, these two teams... What they've done recently really interests me. So you got Seattle, and they just signed in the last day or two, a couple days, uh, Greg Olson. So that same mentality about why come back for another season if it's, you know, futile? Yeah. Well, obviously Olson was half-retired, you know, from the Panthers, and one-year deal, tight end was a problem for Seattle. They actually traded one to the Steelers, and then one of theirs got hurt, and it was a thin position for him. But just in general, what they did with Clowney. Now, listen, Clowney's up, so we'll see if they re-sign him. I think Seattle needs Clowney on the D-line. What I'm hearing is they probably aren't going to re-sign him. But in general, what you've got with Seattle is a team with Russell Wilson, you know, top three quarterback by almost everyone's rankings. And this is a team that is... Ambitious. They're not going to rest on their, uh, you know, Super Bowl from years ago, playoffs, whatever. They are working, working, working. And to me, it's almost like an SEC team. You know, Colin Cowherd from FSR. He always talked about years ago how they fire coaches that go seven and four or whatever in the SEC. That's why the SEC is so good, but it's also why it's so stressful for the coaches and the fans and everything. Well, I think Seattle never wants to have a down season, never wants to... And you might say, what team does? Well, (laughs) I mean, wouldn't you agree, Jonas? Some teams are mighty lackadaisical, especially if everything's not going right for them. Seattle isn't, and I think that Greg Olson. Signing another example of it. Well, it's just this simple. If you were to go
3: around every single division, the best quarterback in every division either won the division or was at least in the conversation. And you can make that case every single year over the past however many years in the NFL. Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in that division, and I don't think it's close. So they're going to be at the top, if not, at, or if not around the top, for as long as he's
7: playing at a high level. And you make a fascinating point. If you look at the great quarterbacks – in the last 10 years. So, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning when he was still playing, uh, Big Ben, let's say, met yep. the criteria, Drew Brees, yep. and Russell Wilson, uh, you know, in his years. Rodgers. And Rodgers. Yep. That that would be my list. Does anyone else make the list um, for you? That's – I would go with that for, for now. That works. Literally the worst season, and I could be wrong on one, the worst season, any of those – Teams had for ten years when they had their quarterback, and I think Russell Wilson would be the only one less than ten years on that list. Was seven? There was a couple seven and nines from the Saints, and literally no other team. Now Green Bay, when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone, yeah, but think about it: when in the NFL in the modern era, if you have a top five or six quarterback, and they don't get hurt. The worst case, the bottom, the basement's eight and eight or so. Yeah. Pittsburgh had a couple eight and eights. And otherwise it's it's better. So half the teams go above five hundred, half the teams go below five hundred, but ninety five percent of the time you have a top five or six quarterback, you're above it. Yeah.
3: It if, feels like it's, it's not a coincidence. You know, and, and it's it's so obvious. If you were to just look last year, NFC East, Carson Wentz, probably the best quarterback. They went to the playoffs. Rodgers was the best quarterback in the NFC North. Playoffs. Drew Brees, best quarterback in the South. Playoffs. Like, you just go through every single division. Mahomes in the West. Deshaun Watson in the AFC South. You just go division by division, and it's so obvious what the answer is. It's quarterback. And if you got the best one, you're going to have good, good luck in that division. Yeah. Almost sounded like a pro, Joe. I don't
7: want to have to change my beginning when I say (laughs) there's pros and Joes. All right, last team here, and this is the most interesting, the Rams, a team that literally 13 months ago looked like San Francisco. We were saying the same kind of thing, right? And now, obviously with Gurley, obviously with Goff, the question marks are just through the ceiling. Check this out. The Rams? In the combine, they have a new O.C. O'Connell's his name, Kevin O'Connell. He is spending zero days at the combine coming up. D.C. Staley, zero days at the combine. Head coach McVay, one day at the combine. These guys, and I've been reading some beat reports from the L.A. writers, these guys are putting in... 16-hour days in the offseason. They're not even taking the time to go to the combine because McVay feels like they got to make so many changes. To me, that makes me optimistic about the Rams, but it's another example of the competitiveness. The NFC West is like the SEC in college. These guys are going at it, and... Each team, especially the good ones or, or, you know, the 49ers, for example, are like stalking horses where it's like everyone says we got to keep up with those guys. And it's raising the level, I think, of play in the division. Something to watch for in the offseason e- even, what these teams are doing.
3: Yeah, no, and especially if you're the Rams and, and of all the teams that would need to build through their draft and make sure they've got representatives there, the fact that they're putting all, all this work elsewhere just goes to show you they feel like there's some other things they've got
7: to figure out also. And uh, I think, you know, especially with two new coordinators, yes. and I also think that maybe they can figure out if Gurley should be on the in- the injury report. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, they've been struggling.
3: Better late than never. I mean, it would help. <laughs> All right, you want to do boxing? All right, let's go. We do have a heavyweight boxing event this weekend, the most anticipated heavyweight boxing event in years and years. It is Tyson Fury. It is Deontay Wilder. The rematch after their controversial but exciting draw the last time out. And right now, Deontay Wilder is a slight favorite.
7: Yes, and uh, as you intimated here, Wilder minus 130, so 130 wins you 100. Fury plus 110. So, this is about as close to a coin flip as you can get. We'll have a pick tomorrow, if not two, on this. I think it's the biggest fight of the year uh, in Vegas. Would yeah. you agree?
3: Yeah, no, it's especially because it's heavyweight boxing. Like I, I'm I'm a huge boxing guy. I have not been I have not been bothered by the lack of heavyweight exciting boxing because there's been so many great fights in the lower weight classes, but the heavyweight champion in the world still is a big deal. It still carries some weight, no pun intended. And I think the fact that we've got two guys who delivered the first time out and they're going to run it back again on Vegas, you know, after football season in sort of a period of time where there's not a lot else to compete with. I think it's a great, going to be a great event on Saturday.
7: And to me, th- the fact they're fighting again speaks to one of the great laments to me in boxing, which is back in the day, uh-huh, Sugar Ray Leonard, obviously Duran, Hitman Hearns, you go through the list, Hagler, they fought each other a bunch, right? And, like, literally some of those guys, like, Duran has, I think, nine losses or something, like a, a big number. But if you ask, and I asked, I've actually had the honor of interviewing with uh, Adam Kroler, uh, the um, – Oh, I'm having a Mayweather or I'm sorry, uh <laughs> Pacquiao's trainer. Yeah. I'm having uh, Freddie Roach. Freddie, Freddie Roach. Um and I asked him, I said, you know, I was asking him who would win, Duran or and he was like, Oh, those guys. Even he said Pacquiao would, you know, his own guy. And it's like they got nine losses. And then you've got Mayweather who protected that zero. Now I love the zero in a way, right? The old Andre the Giant undefeated yeah. kind of thing. But if you're doing it by avoiding good fights, if Pacquiao and Mayweather, and let me ask you, if they would have fought each other five times once a year, every May, for five years in their prime, and Mayweather would have went three and two, wouldn't Mayweather be more highly regarded today? Oh, 100%. 100%. So it's like I get not wanting to take the punishment, so you always got to give them credit or at least give them a hat tip that, hey, this is brain damage level stuff. But for the sport, man, I just just love, you know, it's like in in Raging Bull when uh, Jake LaMotta and Sugar Ray Robinson, I think they fought nine times in like two or three years. And there's a great line in Raging Bull where they go, this is the 13th round, the hard luck round, and you know the boys. That's the way they announced it because they fought so much. And obviously LaMotta lost most of those fights, and we still know Jake LaMotta's name. Raging Bull was made. Why? Because he was fighting Sugar Ray, not because he was avoiding it. So I love it, and there's nothing – if you're in Vegas this week – On Saturday, go to the site of the fight and just walk around. You're not going to, you know, obviously if you don't have a ticket, but the energy in the casino, and I'm asked this all the time, Super Bowl, March Madness, no. If I could be one night in Vegas, I could only be here one night, Give me the biggest fight oh, of the yeah. year. It's uh, have you be, have you been in town I, for I, a big big fight?
6: I,
3: I've been there for a a massive Memorial Day UFC fight. Um, I was in town yeah. for in town for the Mayweather McGregor fight. Man, that place is unbelievable. And when you get an international aspect, like you're gonna have with uh, with Tyson Fury's fans, like when Ricky Hatton used to fight in the states and in Las Vegas, it is it's on another level. It's like soccer meets the NFL and they collide in one event, and it, it's unbelievable to be around.
7: We are gonna go over. NBA's back. The big games for tonight.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
7: Straight Out of Vegas
3: here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up 10 minutes from now here on FSR, we will have Best Bet, your chance to make a little bit of coin on a Thursday night. Want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,600 AutoZone locations. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas rj bell
7: yeah and it looks like some news jonas came out today with the nba likely to use the is it elam how do they say that is that right
3: Uh, yeah the uh, elam
7: elam elam ending future all-star games also looking at it with the g league in season tournaments that kind of thing i love it you know i'm in my 40s and i'll tell you The idea of daydreaming about these wild things back in the day, we would do it, but the chance of it happening was 0.0. Now NBA, I think at the forefront, being open to, you know, wild ideas from the cheap seats, you got to like that because, again, it's about the best idea. By the way, we got two big NBA games we're going to do a quick preview on.
3: Yeah, and, and just looking at those two big games, and we start with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. That is our TNT doubleheader, and it gets things started on TNT 8 Eastern time, and the 76ers are an eight-point
7: favorite. And remember, home team here really matters. The Sixers are 25-2 and two at home, best in the NBA. And they have a horrendous road record. So if you actually look at the splits, it's as extreme as you're ever going to see. You cannot bet the Sixers without considering home or away. In fact, I think it's almost impossible to go against the Sixers at home. You don't have to play them every game, but you don't want to go against them. And I don't think it's possible to play on them on the road The Sixers. Nets, by the way, this is going to be a little bit snarky, but I genuinely believe it. Irving being announced out in the last few hours for the season, I think it perks this team up tonight. Yeah. I, I mean, because let's be honest, it's like the the guy you hated, the guy you thought about, should I get baseball bats in high school and maybe, you know, cap them, <laughs> that guy, right, is now gone. And, again, it might be harsh to say that about Irving, but ooh, it doesn't seem like uh, he's very um, – popular by the way that the the baseball bat stuff that's at rj in
3: vegas uh, yeah, for those of you that want to know where that came from that was yeah well listen
7: i tell the truth Jonas. <laughs> you know you hide a lot of truth i tell the that's truth. that's right
3: hey we got everybody's got their own tactics <laughs> uh guys the uh, second half of the doubleheader on tnt coming up later on tonight is the rockets at the warriors right now on pregame.com houston a 10-point favorite
7: you know we got we'll talk about this when we have more time can't the nba flex these games if the nfl wow. can flex Golden State obviously has uh, not very good. Actually, the best chance right now to have the number one pick. That might be scary with uh, Steve Kerr and the rest of those guys coming back. Wiggins has played very well. Three games so far, averaging 23 points a game. Rockets, small ball, 2-2 two and two in the latest incarnation, but they were 4-0 without Capella prior to that, 6-2 and overall. But remember, if there's any team that's going to benefit from extra practice time, I think it's the Rockets, so I actually would lean that way tonight. When we come back, we got two best bets, one from Fezzik and one from our new college basketball expert.
3: That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
4: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check
0: out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
1: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are straight out of Vegas.
3: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. It is best bet time, RJ. And our first bet, bet our first best bet with the NBA starting back up later on tonight is from Steve Fezzik.
7: Yes, and let me tell you something. Fezzik and future bets, they just don't go together <laughs> because the reality is the bookies hold. Uh, you know, if you just were randomly picking NFL games or, or college basketball, any 11 to 10 typical point spread bet, uh, as I like to say, a drunk baby flipping coins loses less than 5%. It's still a night, you know, it's a loser, but it's less than 5%. Some of the future pools. Take out 40%, like eight times as much commission. So it's tough. But he found one yesterday with Kentucky, 20 to one in college basketball. And now let's listen. He's got another one in the NBA
6: milwaukee bucks plus 275 to win the nba title it is all about milwaukee being the clear-cut best team right now in the nba it's not even close if you look at the stats milwaukee know they have the best record but they are outscoring their opponents by 12 points per game that is five points better than the second best team the lakers so milwaukee outscoring opponents by 12 lakers only outscoring opponents by seven milwaukee lays over every other team and the nba not by a
7: little but by a great amount and point differential we get it the whole pythagorean and expected wins and it matters because it really prevents you from having a team that wins a lot of lucky close games if you're winning by margin there's no luck to it typically and the history in the nba is when a team is dominant On point differential, they dominate the playoffs. Exactly right. And the key for domination is to outscore
6: your opponents by 10 or more. Double digits. Double digits. Now, Milwaukee's at 12, so they're even better. But 10 or more, only 11 teams in the history of the NBA have done that. Eight of the 11 teams have gone on to win the title.
7: So you're plus 275 on a pick. That eight, historically, 8 of 11 teams have won the title.
6: Yes. They have an easier path from the East. Much easier path because the second and third best teams in the NBA, and pretty much everyone agrees on this, the two teams in L.A., they're going to have to collide and play in the West. The East is a much clearer path to get to the NBA Finals.
7: Agree with that. I think it's fair to say that the Lakers, though they're playing mighty hard, it seems like, the Clippers, load management and such, you actually would upgrade the Lakers and the Clippers, if it were playoff time, because you think they've got another gear, would they be better
6: than Milwaukee at that point? No. Both the Clippers and the Lakers would still be an inferior team by to a Milwaukee. But by, by, by a point to a point and a half, yes.
7: So you have a team that's that you think the best team, but close to the Clippers and Lakers when it's playoff time. They have the easier path, and the plus 275 is actually a better payoff than the Lakers, right? Yes. What's the Laker payoff?
6: Lakers are plus 250.
7: All right, so you got the second favorite. That you think is the best team and has an easier path to the playoffs. Yes. This is rare. Now, listen, yesterday, future pick on, in college, Kentucky, 20 to 1. Future pick now, plus 275 on Milwaukee. I mean, in all the years, as I've known you. It's been like seven, eight years. You've only given out a hand anywhere. I'm talking privately to your paid clients at pregame.com a couple times. Yes, it's ultra-rare because that dastardly
6: bookie takes so much vigorous in these futures markets. So it's tough to find
7: futures that are uh, winning bets in the long term. Milwaukee plus 275 is one of them. What do you think of that, Jonas? Uh, no, I like it. Milwaukee,
3: I think, has got the best path to get there. Much easier road than, than out west. I like the bet plus 275.
7: Yeah, I do, too. And. The reality is often you know, we actually got a college best bat from AJ Hoffman and AJ's a big radio guy in Houston. He had the best ratings in Houston and but he knows college basketball He's got a game tonight, and this baby is not a popular game, so you know he loves the bat. Let's listen.
4: The top of the standings at the America East Conference, Vermont and Stony Brook, 1-2. Vermont's lost just one conference game this year, their first one of the season at home against this same Stony Brook team. It took a really extraordinary shooting performance for Stony Brook to win that game by just three points. Vermont is the much better team. They're number one in the conference in basically every offensive statistical category. Anthony Lamb, Vermont's senior leader, the reigning America East player of the year, unanimous player of the year, will probably be that again. He's going to want his last game against their rival to be a win. These are really the only two good teams in this conference. So this game matters a lot to Vermont. I've thought all year long that Vermont is the class of the conference, and this is going to be their chance to prove it. So my best bet Vermont.
7: Well, here's what we know for sure is when you <laughs> when you are betting Vermont Vermont you're betting for money. <laughs> I mean this isn't about T V games. Now here's the catch twenty two. The line was three when he put that, that the game out. He you know we recorded it and then it went up and he said he was willing to bet it all the way up to five. It's up to seven and a half Vermont. Wow. So obviously he was right but at seven and a half, I think it's a lean only. But man, we got a lot of good stuff coming from AJ. And real quick, Brad Powers hasn't been on the show. He's taken like six months off or till football season. Brad's been uh, he's having some health issues. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But on our podcast, we actually have him talking about it for twenty minutes. So if you want to hear it, just search RJ Bell and check out the pod.
3: We are straight out of Vegas. We will be back tomorrow, six p.m. Eastern time, three o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox sports radio and as always every single day on the iHeart radio
4: app.